This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Do you drive a vehicle? Then you'll find AutoCorrect helpful, especially on Coach Charlie's Tip of the Week. Listen to our podcast with me, Coach Charlie Melton, on any podcasting platform or on the MPB Public Media app. Good morning. Welcome to Deep South Dining. It's Thanksgiving, friends giving, and a great time to gather. Good morning, Carol. How in the world are you? Malcolm, I am good, and as you can tell, I'm excited about what? Thanksgiving. There's you, just so much going on. You've got a big chunk of cake over there. and From uh, you? And uh, we, we were going to talk about pie, and of course I would bring in cake. Well, because you're Malcolm. Right. So this cake, uh, my wife Kara made it. It's a, her traditional apple cake, but she added uh, dried nuts and uh, some uh, dried fruit to it. So it almost became like a traditional fruit cake. It's very, very tasty. Very tasty and very festive. You know, I think she, uh, without thinking too much about it, created a nice Thanksgiving cake, pre-Thanksgiving cake. But it's delish <laughs> and uh I'm happy to share that with with you guys. Java, you got your chunk in there? Yes, sir. I'm trying to be good, but I don't know how long that's going to last. Oh, I mean, you can let that go. (laughs) (laughs) Not the time of year for for that sort of thing. Uh, So, Carol, uh, I was listening to Living on Earth yesterday. Living on Earth is a, 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 a public broadcasting show. And it the, it's aired on Mississippi Public Broadcasting between our Sunday rebroadcast at nine, and the Splendid Table at eleven on Sunday, which with is, our friend Francis Lamb, which, who uh, we got to know through Southern Foodways, a He's show a that we love. That's right. Yes. But uh, this particular show uh, of Living on Earth was talking about the uh, Native Americans' reference to the three sisters. Of, of food groups. And the three sisters are corn, beans, and squash. And they are often planted together and they work together as crops and they provide sort of the basic food groups of, of Native peoples and, of course, us as well. And Felder often talks about the three sisters, that you plant corn, squash, and beans together. The squash... Um, works to kill the weeds, the beans grow up the corn stalks, and the three of them are mutually beneficial and are considered, as I said, the three sisters. Well, Malcolm, I'd also like to say that, you know, that's such a beautiful thing, and they also share the cooking pot together so beautifully. Not only do they share the earth. Correct. So on uh, this episode of Living on Earth, they expanded on this notion and because there are 600 native tribes uh, in, in, in America. The Iroquois and the, Ch- and the, Chick- and the uh, Cherokees are the ones who primarily talk about the Three Sisters. But other tribes, primarily in the northeast region of the country, have elaborated on this, and they now have the Seven Sisters. And, and of course, they use corn, beans, and squash, but they also have included sunflowers, Jerusalem artichokes, ground cherry, and tobacco. And the tobacco is grown for ceremonial purposes, not necessarily for cigarettes or such. So it's, it was fascinating to me that some tribes uh, are focused on the three sisters and 
others, the seven sisters, but they are all amazing crops to be grown and harvested and to sustain all of us, really, in a sort of broader broader way. Well, speaking of another public broadcasting show, um, don't forget that Splendid Table does a live Thanksgiving call-in show on Thanksgiving Day. It's called Turkey Confidential. Ooh. And Francis Lamb comes to the rescue of all types of cooks and kitchen helpers and dinner guests on our biggest cooking day of the year. And yet Francis is such a lovely and gentle person and has a deep knowledge of food. And I recommend you call Francis instead of the Butterball hotline. <laughs> Butterball. The 1-800-BUTTERBALL. I know. You know one year we, we researched the Butterball hotline to see exactly how many people they have manning the hotline. Hmm. And it was, you know, phenomenal. Well, uh, speak- well, and that uh, that Go leads ahead. me to my one Thanksgiving tip for the week. Okay. For all who were who are within the sound of our voices, go get your turkey out of the freezer now. Now, do not wait. Do not wait. You will have a frozen turkey on Thanksgiving. It takes three days to thaw in the refrigerator. Mm-hmm. Do not soak your turkey in hot water in the bathtub on Thanksgiving morning thinking you're going to do it, but get your turkey <laughs> as soon as the show is over. Go. Go. Straight to the frozen turkey and move it to the refrigerator. Exactly. Okay. And do not try to defrost it in the microwave. Do not. That would not be a good look yeah, or taste. People try all sorts of, of things and do not fry a frozen turkey because it will explode completely yeah i mean it's dangerous very very dangerous dangerous. well uh, that's our first tip now in the next two segments of the show we're going to dig in more to the countdown we call it to thanksgiving countdown when our guests have arrived yes because we're having friendsgiving and i wanted to start off friendsgiving with a gift malcolm that was actually um sent to you it came to me because we have two books. This is the Holland Hill cookbook from mm. Nashville, and our friend Thomas Williams sent this. Uh, it's oh, a okay, great. big new book. It celebrates the life of Phyla Ha, who was a very famous cook. I think she had the first television show uh, on the air way back when, but we'll be digging into this book, and her grandson, Carter, is the one who wrote it, but it's a gorgeous book, and right. so happy Friendsgiving. Thank you so much, and thank you, Thomas Williams, for for gifting Carol and I both one of these copies so that we can talk about it on a future show. Yeah, and, and this gives us uh, an opportunity to talk about Friendsgiving and gifts. Correct. And, you know, Tim Pierce covered this, not on, on the last show, but, you know, he brought it to our attention. If you are going to bring a gift to your Friendsgiving or Thanksgiving feast, make it something that's that the cook doesn't have to stop and deal with. Mm. Like instead of a bouquet of flowers where you have to go find the vase, put in the water, you have things on the stove, bring a cookbook. Cookbook. Bring a jar of mustard. Bring or some a of the, condiment those that figs be, that you the, made last year, which yeah, I, that can be used later. Or um, for that meal. 
Yeah, for that. But but you know, be kind to your host. Mm. Don't make them add a dish in the oven when they they've timed it out. Um, bring the Holland Hills cookbook. Good advice. Now, last night for dinner, I knew you were wondering what I had. Kara made a pasta sauce. She used the rigatoni pastas and then kept the pasta water and blended it with some baby arugula and some ricotta cheese and made almost like a bechamel sauce and put that in the bowl and then put the rigatoni rigatoni on top of it, then added a, a meat sauce, a spaghetti sort of traditional meat sauce on top, and it was fantastic. What a great idea, I thought. Yes, Tip- you're eating well over at the White well. Norris house. Absolutely. And speaking of, of the Norrises, I was thrilled. Uh, this Kara's family in Richmond, uh, I was thrilled that we had Rebecca Collins from Nashville contact us over the weekend about the ham that your father-in-law, Rob Norris, in Richmond Procured for us so we could gift Give it, it to, to you as and a John wedding for present. as a wedding gift. And uh, they were so taken hearing about this on the show that they ordered the exact ham and actually reached out to us for Rob Norris's instructions. Hmm. But it makes me so happy to know that the ham travels and yes. will be in a Thanksgiving table somewhere in Nashville. What a great story. And, and again, thanks to Rob. You know, Rob grew up in the northern neck of Virginia, and they used to have a smokehouse, as I said before, and they cured their own hams. And he is a great ham aficionado, and he has brought that into my world. And so we often get a ham as a gift, and we share hams. Uh, I remember I gave hams to my two uh, best men and people who stood with me at my wedding as a gift from from Kara's family to, to great friends. So anyway, uh, now, speaking of Thanksgiving, I wanted to share a little bit uh, from Craig Claiborne, the great Mississippi chef, food writer, uh, and talk a little bit about his Thanksgiving tradition. And Craig writes uh, in one of his books, the uh, New York Times, you know, I think there are four volumes of the Craig Claiborne New York Times books, and I bought them in 1976 when I lived in New Orleans. And the reason I know that is because I wrote that. Uh, in the front of the book. (laughs) But Craig writes, uh, there's one meal that most Americans tend with good reason to be sentimental about. It is the Thanksgiving meal. We know of homes where that particular holiday's menu has remained more or less stable for the past quarter century. On these pages, the upcoming pages of this book, we offer a Thanksgiving meal based partly on a long-remembered Southern recipe roast turkey filled with cornbread stuffing, plus a few trimmings of European inspiration. These include Brussels sprouts and cream, braised red cabbage with chestnuts, and grottened potatoes. A slight departure from tradition, this menu may yet be another reason for giving thanks. In about the year 2000, I got this out and cooked the entire meal for friends in Bay St. Louis. A roast turkey stuffed with cornbread dressing, the giblet gravy, the gratin potatoes, the Brussels sprouts and cream, whole buttered chestnuts, and braised red cabbage with the chestnuts that were roasted. It was a fantastic event. Went off well, and I thank Craig Claiborne for that gift. 
And I thank you for bringing Craig Claiborne's world not only into this studio, but you spent a lot of time and energy during your time at the Mississippi Arts Commission making sure that Mississippians kept his memory alive and um, Indianola, Mississippi. Yeah, where his mother had a boarding house. And he was actually uh, born in Sunflower, and they moved to Indianola to the big city where she operated uh, a boarding house. And he talks about that in this book that on Thanksgiving Day, he and his family did not have roast turkey. They had spaghetti because they had turkey all the time because of the boarding house, because turkey was inexpensive and easy to prepare. So his mom had turkey and dressing very often for the boarders. And when the boarders all went home for Thanksgiving, his mom cooked them a giant pot of spaghetti. Could have been their famous chicken spaghetti, which is another one of his famous recipes. Very well could have been. And, you know, speaking of Craig, you know, I got to work with the Southern Foodways Alliance, and we put up a marker at Craig Claiborne's mother's boarding house uh, in Indianola uh, to commemorate that history. And also I worked with John T. Edge at the – uh, Southern Foodways Alliance on creating the Craig Claiborne Award, the Craig Claiborne Legacy. Because Craig, along with a couple of other people, James Beard and the French chef, uh, are, the, are three people who really changed the way Americans eat. So Mississippi is one of the three. I thought that was cool. And John T. Uh, has a program, uh, a True South on wonderful program on ESPN. Yes, and uh, and, and, and it's not say, about football. No, it's not. It's about food. And uh, he recently has an episode filmed in Jackson, and we're going to have him on the show soon to talk about that. And I, I got to watch part of it last night. Uh, it, it's really great. Of course. Well yeah, done. they have a bus and go all over uh, the southeastern conference and maybe beyond, and and hit the towns that. Yeah, you know, or football towns. Right, correct, and it's and it's replayed on on ESPN, also on the SEC network. So check it out, True South, John T. Edge, and what a great program! All right, before we uh, welcome our guest uh, into the show today, we have a caller, Kathleen from Osaka, is on the phone. What in the world's going on, Kathleen? I am so happy to hear you on here. <laughs> I love Deep South Dining. And I don't miss it. It's appointment. I actually set my phone to this. I just want to tell you a quick funny. Even the best of cooks, which me, I think I do a good job. But the first time I cooked the rutabaker, oh, they told me how to cook it, but no one told me to dip it in boiling water to get the wax up. I ruined a whole pot of homemade cabbage stuff when I first learned how to cook that. But you do regroup. And yesterday, believe it or not, I made that cabbage stew with the rutabaga, no wax, and life goes on. Excellent story. Thank you and your staff. I haven't called in as much lately because I've been listening to the variety of people you've had on from barbecue to seafood and chef. It's wonderful. And I, I appreciate y'all all year long, you, the staff, and even the guys in the back that do the engineering. They all deserve a round. So y'all Indeed have a they do. Yeah. Indeed they do. And don't forget Java. <laughs> Believe There's me. no way that anyone can forget, forget Java. No. 
you know. And He's jo- the spoon that stirs the show. As much as I try to play the background, <laughs> I'm on the front of the fine Tony. Come on. Man. Yeah, <laughs> Kath- Kathleen Java and Malcolm and I are now cover people. We were on the cover of the mm-hmm. MPB magazine, and we are a little bit taken with ourselves. Java, I was, <laughs> I was happy to see that you finally posted uh, your picture on Facebook. See what I mean? Because somebody got on me and said, I don't I don't brag enough. Mm-hmm. I mean, a.k.a. Mm-hmm. my wife, she was like, you need to tell people what you do. <laughs> you want to comment right. on that, Enrique? I agree. I agree. Did you did you see? I did. Cover? I think I made a, um, an actual. I think I commented yeah, about commented. my Enrique favorite commented. people to talk on the radio. Something smart, I said. Yeah. But it was in love because I was glad to see it. I was like, finally, he posted something to show <laughs> the work that he does with you guys and everybody on the show. And, you know, that's that's a wonderful part of the magic of the show mm-hmm. is the three of us, and it makes you so happy to come to work on Monday mornings mm-hmm. to know you're going to sit down with your friends. And that picture, uh, which was our precursor to Thanksgiving, was, was our own Friendsgiving together. Right. And today we're going to talk a little bit about Friendsgiving as well as Thanksgiving. We are happy to have in the studio Enrica Williams, our favorite chef and our one of our absolute favorite guests to, to come on Deep South Dining. Thank you so much for making the effort to come down and be with us this morning. We're delighted to have you here. I am delighted to be here. I, I got a little caught up because this is the week of Thanksgiving. So everyone who is in the culinary arts and who handles food for a living knows what this week entails. Right. Oh, yes. It's so a lot. Here. It's the Super Bowl. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it is. It's like the launch for like the season up until probably Super Bowl because it's just go, go, go. Right. And then you have a break. Also on Skype, uh, we have another one of our absolute favorites. Leanne Galt is joining us this morning. Good morning, Leanne. Morning, y'all. How are you? I'm doing well. And where Good. are you? Yeah, where I'm in the lovely Delta, mm. the chilly Greenwood. Very good. Are you involved in a cooking class this morning, Leanne? I'm not. I did two on Saturday, oh, okay. but uh, I'm not involved in one yet. I am um, deep in Thanksgiving research, Friendsgiving research. I'm having my first Friendsgiving this week. So tell us about it. Um, I've always cooked. I've never not cooked the whole Thanksgiving since my mom passed. And so uh, uh, my friends, Scott and Yolandi, are having a Friendsgiving. So I'm trying to narrow down what I'm going to take. Wow. Do you have any dishes that you might share with us that you're contemplating? Well, um, we because we've been talking about pies. We were texting back and forth about pies. And there's this um, French-Canadian meat pie called a tortillere. Um, that I think Scott Beretta would really enjoy. So um, I am thinking about that and a couple of sweet pies and maybe uh, the tragically named oysters, Johnny Reb. Oh, well, I think Scott Beretta and I share this, that we never met a pie that we didn't that love. We didn't, <laughs> yeah. There are several of us around the table uh, that say that. And in the spirit of Friendsgiving, I brought a gift for everyone around the table and for you Leanne I'll hold yours and this is a stamped hand done pie server and I found them on Etsy 
and this you know wonderful wonderful woman uh, named Heather Hellman has a business called the Talking Teaspoon, mm. and they're hand stamped um, vintage silverware. And Enrica, I am going to present you with this pie server that says, "Pie doesn't judge." Pie understands. <laughs> All right. Thank That's you. beautiful. It is beautiful. Thank you. And Excellent. for Malcolm, and this is something <laughs> I found through the years for Malcolm, is I'm just here for the pie. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Carol. This is this is great. Where did you find this? On the internet? I found, I found it uh, on, on Etsy. Etsy has great stuff. Actually, I, I saw one in the, in the uh, the cookbook, the Red Truck Cookbook that they had. Uh, yes. They had the quote by President Obama mm-hmm. about you know about loving pie. So I started googling and researching and found these, and I thought, who better than our pie friends? And then Java, of course, has the most special mm-hmm. pie server. What does of his all. say, Java? What does your pie server uh, say? It says cooking and coping in deep south dining. Wow. So remember oh. our times. And now, Leanne, I'm holding yours for you. Can you share what hers says? Well, hers is with Enrica. Pie doesn't judge. Oh, Pie okay. understands. And Correct. we know what that means. Mm-hmm. You know, I must say, looking at this uh, pie server and these letters, I have a set of these uh, stencils uh, that I bought many years ago. And you can write on soft metals mm-hmm. with them. Mm-hmm. This is such a cool idea. And again, a shout out to... The producer of this is who? Heather Hellman. Go ahead on, Heather. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and she she actually listened to the you know listened to the show. Yeah, I mentioned in in my little comment. I said, you know, please send these quickly. I I want to give them to my friends on our our radio show. And so she went and listened to the radio show, and actually made the one for Java. Do we know where she? I believe she is in Kentucky. Kentucky. Okay. Well, this is great. Thank you, Carol. That's very Happy friendly. Having friends. Ha- very friendly of you. Enrica, what's oh, going on no. in your world? Oh, my goodness. Um, um, a lot. Um, but it's good lots. Uh, <laughs> we, um, so Magnolia Sunset Market, we just did our first collaboration with uh, the Bean Path. We just had a market on Saturday, and it was cold. But um, we had a nice turnout, so I'm kind of, like, recovering from that um, just as a market person, like one of the founders, and doing putting that hat on and also just having things from Final Food Works. We were out, and we had some food offerings, and we had a few um, things that we used to have on the menu at Cultivation, so we brought some oldies back out. And I'm just—we um, are having a Friendsgiving um, at my with my family and friends, we're going to do it on Friday. So we are preparing for Friendsgiving and Thanksgiving, and people coming into town. And then I also have like some um, Thanksgiving orders that I am completing. I bet. Yeah. So it is. Um, it is sweet potatoes roasting. It is duck broth brewing. It is uh, email checking. It is all of those things. <laughs> so, and I just got yeah. back from some traveling too. And duck broth. Brewing. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You yeah. make you, you're making a duck broth for. I am so I so um, the holidays for me for whatever reason I guess that's what it's supposed to do. But I always just get these memories of my grandmother in West Point, and she used to have like this big 
uh, I call it a cooker, but she would put a hen. She would always have like a fresh hen, and she would let that go overnight, and she would use that to make her dressing, her giblet gravy. And so I'm making a duck broth. Um, I want to do this tortellini soup. I saw this recipe for a creamy tortellini soup, and it Mm. used vegetable broth, but I had some duck bones. So I was just like, why not kind of uh, roast those and kind of make it a little, you know, a little more earthy and a little more um, fancy because it's the holidays. So I had that in a pot and I was checking that. Um, It's also like an experiment because I put some different aromatics in it than I would typically do for like any other poultry. So So you roast the bones and mm -hmm. then put them in a pot of water and let them slow reduce. I actually roasted them really, really dark and I put ginger and I had some um, kefir lime leaves and I put tomatoes and then just the usual suspects, the onions and celery, um, some coriander seeds and I just like just caramelized all of that and then I put it in a crock pot. So um, so Mm. it's been going since last night. And I'm going to strain it, and I'm probably going to reduce some of it just to have it like as a, as a gloss or so, yeah. So, and but I love duck. Yeah, though. yeah, I love duck. Too. Yeah, my brother always made a duck and andouille sausage gumbo for Thanksgiving. I've the I had at Parlor Market. Shout out to Parlor Market crew. We used to do a smoked duck and mushroom gumbo, and and that and it was just so dark. And just so like it was just the, the darkest roux, and it was really good. So that I've had a really good duck gumbo. Yeah, and I'm really hoping for a good duck season this year because I had no ducks to do duck gumbo mm. or duck poppers, and you know we, the ducks come from our land, mm-hmm. and uh, I used to take all of my ducks to Hal White, Malcolm's brother, mm-hmm. and he would turn them into that delicious gumbo. Good stuff. So, Leanne, uh, let's talk a little bit about what we're cooking for the traditional Thanksgiving meal. Do you have some items that are just absolutes uh, on your list or maybe some experiments you're trying this year? Um, uh, Yeah, there's always cornbread dressing and uh, a turkey. So I'll do Friendsgiving on Thursday, on Thanksgiving Day, and then I'm going to go to Jackson on Friday and cook a whole nother turkey and make dressing in cranberry sauce. Um, because for me, I think the leftover Palooza is just as important as the big day. And so <laughs> I've got curries planned and soups and turkey pot pies. So that's always the most fun for me. But yeah, so we'll have sweet potatoes um, uh, with the brown sugar praline topping and roasted Brussels sprouts with pancetta and mashed potatoes because my daughter likes everything white, so it's white turkey, white bread, and I mean, right, uh, sister Schubert rolls and mashed potatoes. But no one I like uh, Brussels sprouts and sweet potatoes. And New York Times had a recipe for a spicy, lemony, roasted um, butternut squash. So I'm going to try that. Sounds delicious. It does. It really does sound delicious because I think that's a hidden gem. For Thanksgiving, especially for all the preparers of the food, unlike myself, um, is thinking about the leftovers mm-hmm. because it's gone. It, they are there will be some, mm-hmm. and so you, if you have a plan already for what you're going to do for them later on in the week, it kind of eases your mind. And I think that's when 
uh, Leanne said, leftover palooza. I think that's, like, really neat. Yeah, it's really neat. <laughs> yeah. In fact, it's so neat that we are going to have a segment on our show next week about leftovers. And our good Ooh. friend Joe Sherman is going to collect uh, leftovers from the, our cooking and coping members, mm-hmm. their favorite leftovers, the weirdest leftovers. And, you know, here Leanne is going to be making curry so just to hear what everybody's doing in their kitchen, because I'm with you, Java. The leftovers are the deal. <laughs> right. I, I, I love Thanksgiving, but I adore the leftover Thanksgiving yeah. foods. Do you know there's some people who do not like leftovers? I do. And do I do not know eat that. Left- Which is, is that great weird? for me. That's well, let me just weird. say, my wife doesn't like leftovers, but I can only say this. It's more the better for me. <laughs> I don't have a problem with that. There's, I don't want to convert her. Mm-hmm. I want to leave her right where she is, and I want to have all of the leftovers. <laughs> Enrica, yes. can you talk about a few of your favorites and maybe a few experiments that you're going to work? You talked a little bit about the duck, mm-hmm. but like family traditions, like your mother mm-hmm. and grandmother, what would they absolutely insist upon being on the Thanksgiving table? Definitely greens. Um you know, uh, there is a, a TikTok video out um, about a, there's a comedian that talks about um, Southern people and how we prepare, like overly prepare for Thanksgiving. <laughs> my family is that. Um, so my mom, um, definitely, we definitely have greens. Um, she will do uh, mustards and turnips and then she'll do collards and then with the mustards and turnips. Typically, there's going to be either pigtails or strickling. And then now she does them, even some with smoked turkey. Uh, college is always going to be some sort of ham hock or something pork. But that the, that never changes. Greens are always there. Gumbo is another thing. Um, too much cranberry sauce. Um, <laughs> the, the brown and served dinner rolls that they now, they're like $3 a pack. But I remember... God, I'm, I'm telling how old I am. But I remember when they were like a dollar a pack. Java, you know what I'm talking about? Those little those little rolls that come like in a little oh, yeah. Yeah. in the plastic thing. Yeah. That was just like yeah. that was just the it, I guess it was just like the, the the sign that Thanksgiving is on its way when you saw your mom with like five stacks of those. Um and Java's back there. Yeah, they don't. And then and you don't and you didn't eat those all year round. Like that was just <laughs> were like the cheapest bread, but whenever you saw those, you knew it was Thanksgiving. And my and we always do sausage balls. My grandmother used to mm. make sausage balls and I think it's like a derivative of um the cheese straws, right. but mm-hmm. she used, and it was a specific sausage that she would use, and she would use, um, what is it, uh, Cracker Barrel, the the cheddar. Cracker Barrel cheese, yeah. But she would use the extra sharp. Oh, yeah. Mm. And she would use Bisquick, and, she, and we would have sausage balls. And, again, that's something that we would only have when it started to get cold, and that would be for Thanksgiving and for Christmas, and that was it. Those are just, like, the things for me. That really stands out in seven up pound cake. Oh, that I'm I'm not a dessert person. I'm like the weirdo in my family. I am savory. Give me the savory. But my siblings, they are ravenous when it comes to desserts. So you know, my mom always overbakes, but it's never enough. I love the idea of the TikTok about how Southern 
people how we just <laughs> over overdo. Yes. And my husband has been following me around the kitchen for about two weeks going, now tell everybody not to bring too much. Right. Now, are you going to take care of telling everybody that we just don't want a whole lot of food? And I just nod my, you know, <laughs> nod my head because um, it's like, you know, wretched abundance is barely enough mm. um, on Thanksgiving. People uh, find a third gear of appetite. And a third stomach on and Thanksgiving. Just, that's the way it is. <laughs> yeah. And By the time you you've watched the third football yeah. game. Yeah. I mean. Now, Leanne, yes. we promised to talk about pies this morning. Carol, you want to introduce well, when our I pie thought, conversation? When I think about pie, I think about Leanne. Leanne and I both are big pie lovers, and I knew Enrique knew, uh, knew her way around a pie crust. And what is Thanksgiving? without pie. How about that, Leanne? It's true. You got to have pie at Thanksgiving. Are you uh, particular to a pie? Uh, do you have a favorite Thanksgiving pie? Well, I'm kind of um, like uh, Enrica. I, uh, I'm not a crazy sweets person. I mean, I'll, I'll have a piece of pie, um, but Noah loves pecan pie. So I have to make um, a cane syrup pecan pie, and Dorothy likes uh, chocolate chess pie. Mm. So mm. those two pies have to be on the table. And then I'll be really excited about the savory pie. I've been on kind of a pot pie kick lately, so I'm sure that the, the after we do the turkey the turkey hash over the stuffing, I mean over the dressing waffles. That's Noah's favorite mm. leftover. We'll uh, have some sort of turkey pot pie, I imagine. Okay, Leanne, if you would drop some pieces of that pie by the radio station <laughs> before you go back to Greenwood next week, we will taste them on the yeah, air. And I, I see Java Java nodding. But I kind of want to have a, a, a talk about pie crust. Mm. You know, the New York Times did a whole section last week. How many pages, Malcolm? Well, it was a, one of those... Quad folds. It was a you know a whole piece, a whole section, and you could fold it open like a scroll. And and the whole section was on pies and variations on traditional pies. But it uh, it got us thinking about pie and pie crust. It did uh, indeed, and we want to say, and Leanne and I talked about this. Now we we are not ashamed of putting a frozen pie crust Absolutely. from in the pan. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, that, that is just fine. But there are, are those among us that are that just love to make pie crust. To mm. me, it is one of the most soothing and rewarding things that I do. So uh, I do it a lot. Well, please tell us how you make your pie crust. I think the secret to a really... Uh, flaky pie crust is to get your butter as cold as mm -hmm. possible. And when they say use cold butter, don't cheat and think, "Oh, well, my butter. Mm -hmm. I just I just took it out." I mean, pop it in the freezer. freezer. Yeah, because the whole yeah. the whole point of the flaky pie crust is to work the butter into the flour. Mm -hmm. I mean, the flour's job is to absorb the moisture moisture. And uh, the butter's job is to explode and make it flake. Leanne, you I have like any... that explanation. That's a really Great good explanation. I'm going to have to take to the bed. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, you will have to take take uh, take to the bed. But you know, pie crust is one thing. If you're making your pie crust, you don't want to fool around and you know, put your own ideas yeah. in it. I mean, baking it's is a a pretty it's a pretty exact science. This is this is not improv. Yeah. And you know, I don't know. Improv is for the gumbo, <laughs> and the, <laughs> improv is for yes. the saute pan. Yes. But when it comes to baking, we're not talking art here. We're no. talking science. Very. And that's very, why yes. I don't fool with it. Same. Malcolm, me too. I, that's I think the same you have a, a quote from a scientist about pie on your desk. I over, do over here. The great this Carl. Shows the importance. <laughs> <laughs> the great Carl Sagan said, "If you wish to make an apple pie from scratch, you must first Invent the universe. And he was a famous astrophysicist, astronomer. Mm. Uh, I have another quote here, Carol, that says, apple pie is like duct tape. It fixes everything. I agree. A lot of mm-hmm. nods on that. Yeah. A lot of nods. Yeah, I would. I would say you know pecan pie. Put pecan pie and yeah. lemon icebox pie. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I w- I want to just share something that Lisa Donovan, who wrote the book Our Lady of Perpetual Hunger says in her book, and I heard her say it on Splendid Table a couple of years ago, she actually overheats her oven mm-hmm. before putting a pie in. And you're a professional chef, Enrique, so maybe you had heard this. I don't know. But she heats her oven to 500, and okay. then when she puts her pie in, she you know, takes it down to 375 or 425, whatever mm-hmm. she's baking at. And and she uses frozen pie crust. She freezes her pie crust, brings it out of the freezer, puts the filling in, mm-hmm. puts it in this hot, hot, hot oven, takes it down. And she said it makes the butter just explode mm. and do wonderful things. What do you think about that? I have not heard of that. But as you explain it, it makes sense um, of how that, that could work. And um, I think on the other side of that, in reference to the frozen pie crust, People are in droves using frozen pie crust. How do I know this? Because I have been to 20,000 stores in the (laughs) Jackson area looking for frozen pie crust because I don't want to make pie crust and crimp the edges. And there are none. There are none in the stores. Like the the entire shelves are just completely empty. So, um, Frozen pie shells for me, just because I'm a novice baker, but I really, I think I play with food pretty good for a living, but Uh baking is like, you know, um, yeah. So I I use the frozen pie crust, but the quality of the ingredients, definitely the butter, um, definitely having... um, just a good pie crust and making the sweet potato pies, making the pecan pies, anything that just like has to bake and cook, I think is a good crust. And I, you know, it's if I had time to make pie crust, I, I probably would. Um, but I am a dash of this and a pinch of that, and and baking is definitely so exacting. And my patience doesn't warrant me because I just I still just like well what if I put a little bit of this and then your pie crust is just a disaster so um yeah but I also heard putting um ice water in is that as well I, I use ice water mm-hmm. when you know I got get my really really cold butter and then I put like ice cubes in my measuring mm-hmm, cup to mm-hmm. sit and then when I'm ready to 
you know, put it in. I, you know, I just dip it out. But keeping those ingredients like ice cold, ice, ice. Do you cold. use lard and butter, or have you ever made just a lard pie crust? I, I have, I mm-hmm. have. It, you know, it's and and with lard, you you kind of pinch it. Yes. Yeah, you have to yep. you have to pinch it mm-hmm. and um and do that. Um, we got to leave a caller. Yeah. So, Jack from Oxford is calling oh, with a Thanksgiving memory. Hello, Jack. How are you? Chico's here. Chico. Hey, man. What's happening? <laughs> I know Jack, though. I know yeah, Jack I bet well. you are friends. Jack and Chico. Right. <laughs> right. I got, I, got a, I got a quick Thanksgiving memory for y'all. Lay it on. 35 years, 35 years ago this week, on November 26th, that's what it was that year in 1987, uh, my brother and I, on Thanksgiving morning, left Tupelo and drove to Baton Rouge to see you 2 play. All right. Happy Thanksgiving. And on the way there, we stopped in Jackson at that IHOP and had Thanksgiving dinner. Mm. IHOP, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was, yeah, right. And I was, I was thinking about that this week. And um, last <clears throat> Sunday morning on NPR's Weekend Edition Sunday, they broadcast a great story about the Big Apple Inn in Jackson, mm-hmm. which made me wish we could have stopped there for pig ear sandwiches on the way to see you two at LSU. You did the best you could at the yeah. time. Chico. You worked with what you had. You still made good choices, right. though. <laughs> oh, Chico. Y'all have a great Thanksgiving. You too. Thanks, Thank you Chico. For calling Thanks, brother. We got another caller from Mobile, Alabama. Jeremy oh, wow. is on the phone. Hello, Jeremy. Hey, I'm a. Uh, uh, I'm kind of a chef, uh, not not chefing it too much right now, but I do know this one absolute tip from when I was gracefully in the uh, the Army baking class at uh, Fort Lee, Virginia. <laughs> Freeze all your ingredients before you make your pie shell. Mm-hmm. Pinch all your butter, pinch all your fat. I mean, you can use three kinds of fat, whatever you want to do, but pinch it all, freeze it again, freeze your flour, Mm. Use a food processor and pulse it three times, and then roll it out. You're good to go. Wow, what a what a great tip! Mm-hmm. But that really goes to what we're talking about about uh, actually having your butter and fat shock the flour. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a tip that brought to you another, by the United States Army. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and to yeah, know no, that, but I but I I even freeze the flour. Mm, I mean, I yeah. freeze everything because mm-hmm. the, the just the um the the friction will will start to break everything down and you don't want your fat leaking out you want it to 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 kind of uh to have those layers you mm-hmm. you want it to be very laminated and mm-hmm. that's really the only way to do it because once you roll it out once once you touch it once with your hands it's going to start melting so you have to you have to have everything including the flour frozen solid. Wow. That's and great. I am so I love this tip so mm-hmm. much, but even more the thought that the US Army cares <laughs> about pie right. really <laughs> makes my day. Yes. Oh no, we uh, we I made pies all the time from scratch. Um, I got a medal one time for saving a whole case of bananas that were going bad because I was just like, well, I don't know, just freeze them. There you I'll go. make banana bread. I made banana bread for the entire battalion. So that's this, great. This wow. is a real deal. This is a real deal thing, man. And that it, is metal it, it, worthy. <laughs> what do you guys yeah. think? Yes. I think so. Yes. Yeah. Well, Jeremy, we appreciate your listening and calling in with that fantastic tip. And I think one thing he said that was really important is you never want your fat to leak out. <laughs> never. <laughs> never. <laughs> 
<laughs> There's going to be some leakage on Thanksgiving. <laughs> Speaking of leakage, I got invited um, to uh, our fav- one of our favorite cooking and coping couples, uh, Jack Williams and April Hammonds had. Um, oh, my goodness. They were celebrating with a pie of the Frito variety mm. yesterday. Oh, oh, uh, Frito pie. Um, yeah. With so the, was, the, the bag yeah, of Fritos and the chili and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and there was some fat leakage, I imagine. I'm but, sure yeah. there was. Was there? Uh, did they post it on Cooking and Coping? I don't know. I haven't seen it yet. Mm. Well, that is just that's so wonderful. This Cooking and Coping family um, on Facebook. I mean, we, we've made so many great friends. It's going to be fun to see what everybody's doing for Thanksgiving. And Leanne, I'm recalling the time you and I made a crawfish pie. Mm. Yes, with them all butter crust. It was delicious. It is interesting, uh, you know, to talk about the difference between a sweet pie, a dessert pie, and a savory pie, which I think have become more and more popular Mm -hmm. along with Brussels sprouts um, Mm -hmm. this time of year. (laughs) Suddenly, Brussels sprouts are the star of the show. Yeah, and obviously, Craig Craig Claiborne, of course, was the head of the curve. He was cooking them back then, but I didn't have Brussels sprouts when I was growing up. Mm -hmm. Did y'all? No. 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 Java? Oh, no. It was a lot of mac and cheese, though. Yeah, I had to brag on Enrico too because last Saturday I was with the Magnolia uh, Sunset Market and Enrico, what was in that macaroni and cheese that I got? So, um, so the macaroni and cheese is a um, verde chicken um, chili mac and cheese. It was a pun play on uh, hamburger helper. We used to eat a cheeseburger mac and chili mac all the time as a as a kid coming home from school. That was just like a luxury to cook to have yourself a snack. And so it was um it was chicken and I had I made a green um enchilada sauce and it was diddlini pasta and then I made the bechamel with smoked chipotle and um also um some smoked mm-hmm. uh, chilies and and a bit of nutmeg and then the cheese was like ch- the chihuahua cheese. And some smoked provolone, so it was like a kind of like a smoky play on uh, a a childhood treat that I used to. Mm. to and eat. think about that piping hot on yeah. a cold Saturday night. Yeah. yeah, it was it was it was right on it, time. It, it, That's it a did, beautiful it thing. It went really well. Um, we have a little. Um, my mom acquired a pizza oven, and so we were testing it out. So we saw what the temperatures were doing. So it turned out really good. We got one last caller we have time for. Jim is calling in from Biloxi. Wow, wants Biloxi. to talk about gumbo. Hello, Jim. Hello. Uh, I had some uh, friends that uh, came down for a funeral uh, from the great uh, frozen Northland. And there's just a comment. I made them a gallon of gumbo and then brought it over to the family. And I thought to myself, if you want to be entertained for an hour, just ask a man how he cooks his gumbo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. This is true. Yes, that is. That is, that that is, is no true. short story that there. That is no short story. <laughs> <laughs> That's a process. Oh That's an all-day sucker, as we used to say. You know, <laughs> there's no drive-by gumbo. If you're eating drive-by gumbo, you need to be arrested. I mean, moving <laughs> violation. <laughs> it's a violation. Yeah, a violation it is. But uh, I want to challenge Enrica and Leanne too. If you're up for this, I think y'all should create a mac and cheese to name for Java. 
Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. like uh, like mm-hmm. what we call a signature dish. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and Java was shocked to learn when Tim Pierce was on the show and he had, you know, thrown it out there about what people cook for Thanksgiving. <clears throat> how many people said no mac and cheese on Thanksgiving? That's an everyday food. And Java was. Offended. And sure. I was listening to a, a, a morning show this morning, and the chef that they brought on, they were like, well, what's on the uh, Thanksgiving table? And the first thing out of his mouth was this uh, kind of seafood mac and cheese. Mm. And everybody yeah. was like, ooh. So mm. it's around. It's controversial. It is. It is. But it we is. know Java will be having it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but Enrica, for the market, I think a special... Java channel. Mac, you know, Mac yeah. and Java cheese. Yeah, we'll we, I'll, I'll work on it. It'll definitely uh, be Java-esque uh, in the approach. Happy Thanksgiving, y'all. Happy, Happy Thanksgiving. Friendsgiving. Thanksgiving. We love you, Leanne. Thank you all so much. Deep yeah. South Dining is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting's Think Radio. We are funded by generous contributions from listeners like you. Our show is produced by the one and only Java Mac and Cheese. <laughs> we want to thank... All of our guests today, Leanne Galt, Enrica Williams, and all of our callers, yes. for my co-host Carol Palmer and I, and we hope that you'll join us every Monday for more Deep South Dining, and every Sunday, rebroadcast at 9 a.m. as well. And you can podcast us anytime. Deep South Dining. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Oh,